0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi Fraternity. Originally started in 2019, Coffee Talk is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Here, we will talk about life leadership, sisterhood, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And now let's get to the next episode. Susan Bonifield, welcome back to the pod. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me again. I am So excited for this because interestingly enough, I have known you for as long as I have been an AOPI. You know that I tell everyone if they don't like anything I've done, it's all your fault because you are my chapter president of initiation. So I tell them just call you. But what I'm happy to take credit. (laughs) What I do not know is your AOPI story? And I can't imagine that I have known you for all of these years and don't know it. So please, let's actually start at the beginning. Tell me your AOPI story.
1: Well, my AOPI story is, I think, what I like to call kind of a happy accident. Um, no one in my family had ever been Greek before, and I didn't really know anything about it, but I knew that going to a new university, I wanted to be a part of a sorority. So going through recruitment, I had probably the most typical um, recruitment experience you can imagine i I fell in love with with AOpi early on I just met some amazing women during recruitment and it was a great match and then I think what what I like to think really clicked for me honestly was when I started to become a leader in the chapter and really got to see the role that the alumni played that was the key for me because you know when you're when you're early in your time as a collegian there are just these alumni women who hang around and you don't really know what they do right but As you become a leader in the chapter, you start to learn about their role and you really understand the sacrifice that they're making for you as a chapter and that they're really, you know, dedicating their time and their talents for your benefit. And that was just hugely impactful to me. And so my whole AOPI story since then has really been about making sure that I give back to the people who come behind me, just like the women gave me when I was young, when I was starting out as an AOPI.
0: So you currently serve as an international vice president for our fraternity. Tell me a little bit about the journey that led you to this place of service. Well,
1: you know, I think that's a great question because I I always imagined myself working closely with collegiate chapters because that is again from my own experience what I saw the alumni women doing and having so much fun doing it and making a huge difference. And so, you know, I I kind of went the traditional path of, you know, after graduation, you serve as a, you know, a local volunteer. And then at the time it was a network volunteer and and sort of just rising in, in the ranks through the network structure. And and it it really just for me started to be very much more about as I was growing as a leader in my own, um, you know, my professional life, my personal life, my volunteer life, um, I, I just felt very much called to different kinds of service, you know, and so I've, I've just sort of, my AOPI service has grown and developed as I have grown and developed as a person and, and have really enjoyed that. And honestly, I have to tell you that I look forward one day, hopefully in the the distant future, but I look back, I look forward to, to engaging in that kind of direct service with collegiate chapters again someday. That's, you know, the, the, 18 to 22 year olds are always going to be my love. I just they they are so fun, and I love to work with them. I get to do that in higher education all day long as part of my job, and and I see myself um, serving in that way again for sure once my board service is done.
0: You miss it, don't you? I can hear. It I in your totally voice. miss it.
1: I I love I love young women. They are they are smart and they are passionate and they challenge me in all the right ways. And I just I just really love working with that age of of people.
0: And I believe these women have the ability to change the world. You
1: know that's that's honestly why why I'm in higher ed. That's why I volunteer for AOPI because that group of people will will change the world and if I can help them do that, then I'll be happy to donate my small part.
0: Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about convention. All right, let's do it. You know it's my very favorite time of year. Tell me I know it is When was your first convention?
1: So my first convention was in 1995 in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Camelback Inn. And I attended as an incoming chapter consultant. That was the first time I got to meet the other chapter consultants on my team. And so I actually attended as a a staff member um, for my very first convention.
0: Okay, so this is the storytelling part of the adventure today. Share with me a memorable convention experience from that or any of them. Okay, so I will. It was that convention.
1: And I love to tell the story because it involves so many uh, folks that, that people will know. So that was in 1995. And as you know, our centennial convention was coming up in 1997. So it's common at the end of every convention to announce the location of the next convention, right? So you know how we do that at the end of every convention. So. Because Centennial was gonna be a big deal convention, they decided that they would make the announcement a bigger deal than usual. And they put Peg Crawford in charge of figuring out how to announce that the next convention would be in New York. The way that she decided to do this was to turn the chapter consultant group into the Rockettes. So we had to wear costumes, we had to wear black shorts and white tuxedo shirts and black tuxedo jackets and top hats And we had to learn to dance to the song New York, New York, to a dance that Peg choreographed (laughs) to to perform in front of the entire convention at at the announcement of Queer, the convention in 1997 would be. And you've been to conventions, so you know that it is programmed from seven in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. So the only time we had to rehearse was late, late, late at night. So after the convention day was done, the chapter consultants and Peg Crawford would go into the ballroom, and it was like midnight, one in the morning, and she's yelling, "Kick higher, kick higher!" And you know, Susan, your your kick isn't as high as Lisa's kick, and and she was turning us into the Rockettes at midnight, and it was the greatest fun I ever had, and it was absolutely hilarious. And then on the last day of convention, we did the you know the big reveal as to to where convention would be um, in 1997 with my chapter consultant team, as the Rockettes choreographed by Peg Crawford.
0: That is the most outstanding story. And I can just see her. She has the energy of the entire CC slash ELC, as we call them today, team. And I can just see this in my mind. I love it.
1: Well, and I just distinctly remember that we would, you know, barely make it back to our rooms, the consultants, and it's, again, 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning, and we were exhausted, and Peg was still going strong. I mean, she was still (laughs) back in the ballroom, you know, telling the next group of people what they needed to do, and we were barely able to, you know, drag ourselves back to our our rooms to collapse, and and Peg was still going strong. So, for what it's worth, a bunch of 22-year-olds at the time could barely keep up with Peg as our choreographer um, for our Rockette uh, number.
0: I love it. So outside of the announcement of where convention will be each biennium, what is a favorite tradition or other part of convention for you?
1: So I always enjoy at the end of Rose Banquet when we all come together to do the Epsilon chapter song for all of the attendees at Rose Banquet. And I know it takes forever and it takes a long time to get us all in the circle. But once we're all there, I just always find that to be a very poignant moment because there are hundreds of women standing in one circle singing a hundred plus year old song that we all know. And I just always find that to be a very sort of moving moment. And then then the other one is really a crowd favorite. I love the resolutions of courtesy. Um, So (laughs) for those that don't know that might be listening, that's something that happens at, at the last business session. And it's just a moment, I think, after we've been through sort of all those hours of important business for the fraternity, it's nice to just have a moment of levity. And and I'm always really impressed with how creative and funny some of our sisters are. You know, so I just love that part because it gives us the little moment of of laughing and really enjoying each other that I think we need um, at the end of a long bunch of business.
0: Okay. What are you most looking forward to about this particular convention? So it's probably the same answer you've gotten from everyone else. No, and I would no, say, no. Do you have to choose. I'm rephrasing. I'm taking my opportunity to rephrase <laughs> the question. Other than everyone being in person again, what are you most looking forward to?
1: Okay, well, if I can't say that, which is really what I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> so I think what I'm actually most looking forward to is that we'll be doing an initiation at Ritual this year at convention. So that's not something we typically do um, at Ritual at convention. And that is something that I think will be a nice addition in a, in a very um, fun and new way. And so I'm very much looking forward to welcoming a new sister um, into AOPI at convention.
0: I'm also very excited about this. In addition to seeing everyone again for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, what is one pro tip you can share with our sisters who may be attending convention for the first time this year?
1: Well, it's the same pro tip that I got when I attended my first convention. So this, this flashes back several years, it is put yourself out there. So what I mean by that is you will get out of convention, what you put into convention so make sure that you take advantage of all of the learning sessions and ask questions and be engaged and sit at a table at lunch with people you don't know and introduce yourself to an alum that you've never met before and really take advantage of being there because you will see the same friends you've known all through college you'll see them next year when you go back but you won't see all of these people so I would just encourage folks who this may be their first Convention is to get outside of your collegiate chapter or get outside of your alumni chapter and really meet new people, take advantage of what's available to you and put 100% of yourself into it because I guarantee you will get more than that back if you do.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Super, super good advice. Okay, 20 questions. How many conventions have you attended? This will be 19. Do you prefer coffee or tea for breakfast before a business meeting? You know the answer to this. It's neither. <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> I do not enjoy
0: coffee and I do not enjoy tea. So
1: I am a Diet Coke girl all the way to get my morning caffeine.
0: <laughs> and for <laughs> anyone who is listening, this resort is a Pepsi resort. So if you are a Diet Coke aficionado,
1: <laughs> you will need to plan in advance. And I'm happy to help you with that. I have put significant thought into how I'm going to meet my Diet Coke needs at the um, Gaylord Texan. So I'm happy (laughs) to serve in in a consultative capacity if you would like me to. Oh
0: my goodness, your favorite convention snack?
1: I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that it is barbecue potato chips. They're sweet, they're salty, they're crunchy, they're delicious, what's not to like?
0: I love it. Do you prefer (laughs) plane trips or road trips? Plane trips, definitely. Do you have a favorite book to pass the time? So I have been
1: reading murder mysteries of late. I like a lot of different types of books, but I am on a murder mystery uh, kick right now. So my travel time will be spent with um, a good murder mystery, I think.
0: How do you sleep at night after reading those things, Susan?
1: So, you know, it's funny. I have no trouble sleeping with with murder mysteries, true crime, stuff like that. But scary horror movies, I cannot
0: do. The ones that are actually not real.
1: Exactly. The ones that are not real, I cannot sleep. I cannot watch them. It upsets me, but but true crime or, or murder mystery books, I'm good. I, so the I can't in real life
0: it. stuff, you sleep like a baby. I do. I do. <laughs> the things we didn't know. Yes. Tell me one thing you cannot travel without.
1: I have a pair of fantastic fuzzy socks that I have had for like 15 years that go with me everywhere. They stay in my suitcase along with my couple of other things that I always travel with. And those are my sort of comfort items that when I get back, I like to snuggle up in my pajamas and my fuzzy socks.
0: Oh my gosh, I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Do you use a spreadsheet to pack for convention?
1: You know, you're going to be shocked to learn that I do not. So I know that there are very few things in the world I love more than a good spreadsheet. But I, I can't use it to pack with. I've tried a couple of times to use sort of the master spreadsheet packing method. It does not work for me. What
0: what does, Susan? I
1: I still I still make the list, just a list by day and it's just handwritten and I just sort of mark things out as I go and yeah.
0: I I do not have a
1: spreadsheet for packing. I use a spreadsheet for every other aspect of my life, but not for packing.
0: That may be the one question that that I would have completely gotten wrong for you. Gotten wrong,
1: yeah. Well, I like to keep you guessing, Crystal. I'm full (laughs) of
0: surprises. How many pieces of luggage will you take with you? I will bring two. Would you rather make room for shoes or purses in your luggage? Shoes.
1: Absolutely shoes.
0: Heels or flats?
1: Heels. Unless we're walking far, in which case, the pandemic did me in for heels and flats. I used to wear <laughs> heels all the time and I would walk all over all day long in my heels. And then you go for a year and a half and like flip-flops are the most structured shoes you put on, your feet remember that. So yes. so now that I am back in the office most days, I'm slowly getting my myself back into my heels all day, every day, but heels over flats, um, unless I'm walking very far.
0: Your favorite of our brand colors? The pink,
1: I have to admit. I feel like I should say red, but I have to admit it's pink. <laughs>
0: Saying. <laughs> so convention is a time when we meet sisters from all over North America. What's something you notice about someone when you first meet them?
1: That's a good question. When I first meet someone, I think the first thing I notice is their eye contact. You know, their eye contact, their smile, their, you know, that sort of thing. Because I think that's a, for me, that's a big part of, of confidence in the way that I have tried to, you know, be intentional as I've, you know, thought about my own um, way that I introduce myself to people is sort of eye contact. And and how you, how you approach someone, sort of bringing all of your energy to them.
0: Absolutely. Your favorite flavor of ice cream to share with sisters?
1: Yeah, so anything with caramel in it. I'm a huge fan of caramel. And right now my favorite is the Jenny's gooey butter cake ice cream. It's wonderful. And thankfully there is not a Jenny's within about seven or eight miles of my house. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it was much closer than it is, I'm afraid I would be there very often, but yes. Do you remember to pack your life loyal lanyard? I do, and that is another thing I leave in my suitcase. That is another pro tip. Just put it, in, put it down in one of the side pockets of your suitcase and that way it's always
0: there. That really is a pro tip that I could use. I'll have to remember
1: it. <laughs> yes, it's always in my suitcase.
0: Do you prefer the business sessions or the brunches and banquets?
1: All right, so I will say that you'll probably laugh at this, but since I have been on the board, I will say the business sessions and here's why. So very few people have ever seen the view, right? That the board has it at, at business sessions because if we get to look out onto, the, onto all the members of council. And it's really, it's humbling, right? It's overwhelming. It's amazing to see the future of the fraternity literally in front of your eyes. And so that to me was one of the, the best moments I ever had as a board member was that first time I sat down at that head table during a business session, and you you just lift your head up and you look out at six hundred plus members of council, and it is it is amazing and fantastic. So I I have really enjoyed that as a board member because to me it just represents you know the future of the fraternity literally right in front of your
0: eyes. That's amazing, and you're not wrong. It is it is an awe-inspiring sight. It really is. It is
1: awe-inspiring. There you go. Those that's the perfect word. Yes, yes
0: it really exactly. is. Do you have a favorite piece of AOPI jewelry that you will take with you to convention?
1: I do. So um, I think you probably also remember that my original badge um, was stolen several years ago. Yes. Um, but when I was elected to the board, the network team that I was a part of at the time gifted me a replacement badge um, as a congratulations for you know your election to the board um, gift, and that has just that remains my most favorite and cherished piece of AOP jewelry and so that is the badge that I wear almost all the time and I am, I am just very proud every time I put it on thinking of that amazing group of women.
0: So tell me have you or do you plan to do anything fun with your rose banquet charms? I haven't and I feel bad about that because I feel like, <laughs> feel like I'm not creative
1: enough to come up with some good ideas for that so I would just say that if anybody out there has a great idea I am open to suggestions because I have saved them all very carefully, but I haven't done anything cool with them yet. I don't want to just do a charm bracelet. I would like to do something else, but I don't, I need ideas. I need, I need some sort of crowdsourcing here from the rest of our AOPI sisters to help me come up with some good ideas for what to do with my charms.
0: Tell me, are we, I think I know the answer to this, but are we most likely to find you catching up with sisters early in the morning or winding down late at night? Well, we have,
1: we have room together before, so you know the answer to this, which is I am not at all a morning person, so um, definitely one of the ways I recharge kind of after a busy day at convention is is to do that sort of sitting up late at night with, you know, with sisters and catching up um, in our PJs, so that is, that is definitely one of the things I look forward to, and, and I'm glad I have folks who are willing to do that with me late at night rather than early in the morning, because that is not when I am at my best. <laughs>
0: So since convention often comes with thank you notes, do you like your handwriting?
1: I found this to be a very interesting question. No one has ever asked me this before. So my answer is not particularly, I don't. And I'll tell you why. So as a math major in school, right, you almost learn to write a little bit of a different language, right? So I have found that that stuck with me a little bit. So my handwriting is this weird mixture of printing and cursive and equations. And so so I don't particularly like my handwriting. Um, yeah so no i don't so i just apologize in advance to everyone who gets a thank you note from me because i hope you can read it i love
0: it so last but not least if you could ask our founders one question what would it be
1: so i actually have always wanted to ask them a question so i have always wanted to ask about the moment they realized what they had actually created right because i assume that at 20 or 22 years old when they're sitting in the library on a snowy night you know the story that we all hear when they sat together and kind of pledged one another, I can't imagine they ever imagined it would turn into what it is today. But there had to have been a moment for them and maybe it was at a convention when they're sitting there looking out, you know, across a ballroom filled with you know, with women that, that this was something way bigger than they initially thought it might be. And that's what I wanna ask is when was that moment and, and how did you feel? Like, how did
0: that make you feel when you realized what you'd actually created? Right? Because, wow, here we are, 126 years later. Exactly. Susan, you are amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, for sharing your AOPI story, for talking all things convention. By the time this airs, we will be just a few weeks out. So please know how much I appreciate you. And as always, for everyone out there listening, thank you. And until next time, stay safe and be well.